From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Hi, this is Graham, VK4BB. This is WIA National News for week commencing the week of August 19, 2012. Azores 9 Island Hunt. Are you ready to fly to the Azores for free by making nine QSOs? Yes, those of you willing to spend 24 hours or less on the radio are eligible to participate in an Azores lottery for two all-paid packages to the beautiful Azores Islands in the Atlantic completely free of charge. The project is organised by the Azores Finland Friendship Consortium in partnership with the Amateur Radio Associations of the Azores Island and supported by the Azores Promotion Agency, the ATA, and Azorian Airlines, SATA. You can look at www.visitazores.com and make up your own mind. While these islands count for a single DXCC entity, they offer three IOTA groupings. With this unique Azores 9 island hunt, an invited international group of amateur radio operators, together with resident Azores amateurs, will be activating the nine islands, offering an opportunity to the world to contact these islands all at once over one weekend, Saturday, September 29, to Sunday, September 30. The stations will actually be active starting Friday the 28th, as soon as they do become operational. Now, normal frequency windows in the 40 also 18.08 to 18.09 and also in the 20 metre band. Those making a QSO with at least five different islands will have a corresponding number of tickets placed into a lottery for a free trip to the Azores. For example, if you have QSOs with seven islands, you'll get seven lottery tickets. Additionally, the first 25 operators making QSOs with all nine islands will be eligible for a second lottery. The free trips are from the closest airports served by SATA, including flight accommodation and transfers. So, from VK, you're probably looking at the east west. Sorry, the east west, the east coast of the USA. Happy birthday, Ham Radio! The Ham Radio Now show celebrates the 100th anniversary of Amateur Radio. Bake a big cake, it's got to hold 100 candles, feed about 700,000 people, and we hams can eat. Yes, ham radio turns 100 this year. Well, today, more or less. Yes, I, I hear you say 100. Are they behind the times? Most definitely. It actually, in the USA, is the 100th birthday of the ARRL, not of ham radio. Now, with a bit of poking around on our wia.org.au site, we found material now several years old of our 100th celebrations when the Wireless Institute of Australia turned 100 back in 2010. And the best, dare I say, at site is on wiaq.com.au where you'll see and hear material from both our 100th and our 80th birthday bashes. Transmitter thieves strike in North Queensland. You want a hot transmitter? Well, here's one. North Queensland stations Hot FM and 4RFM both had their transmitters stolen last weekend. Southern Cross Osterio had its 91.3 Hot FM transmitter stolen from Cabra Range. It's a repeated, and it's pictured on the Southgate Amateur Radio site if you'd like to have a look. It's a repeater that 
repeats the network's Emerald Hot FM service and it covers the Marumbra Township and nearby mines. The local community station for RFM also had its transmitter stolen at the same time from a nearby site. Obviously stolen to order. The SCA transmitter taken consisted of a Crown Broadcast FM 30 exciter, PA 1000 power amplifier and PS 1000 power supply. Speaking through the Broadcast Professionals news site, radioinfo.com.au, Southern Cross Austereo engineer Matt Patton asked everybody to keep a lookout for the stolen equipment. As the market for broadcast transmitters isn't massive in Australia, if anybody gets offered a black market deal, please let him know or call the Moranbar Police. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater networks across Tasmania and on HF frequencies from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. I'm Tom, VK7TL. Retaining new and young amateurs. Many clubs and individuals do a wonderful job of training and assisting new or young amateurs to achieve their first amateur radio qualification. This is mostly at the foundation level. As one of the WIA's assessment team, I often wonder if we are supporting our new and younger amateurs well enough after they walk out the door and into the wider world of amateur radio. If the new operator does not have a member of the family or a mentor to assist with getting the gear together for the first station, I wonder if many will ever get or stay on air. This is where the support of a caring club can greatly assist the new or younger operator. Just as the initial introduction to AR is greatly enhanced by a welcoming peer who can relate to and understands the perspective operator. After the assessment process, the need for ongoing friendly support is possibly even more important to ensure that the new or young operator feels welcome and deepens their skills in the hobby. If the interests are found to lie in the digital world, the foundation operator can often find a lot of fun in receiving and decoding signals with the PC or Mac and the most elementary connection to the receiver. Who will introduce them to this exciting, simple connection? Seeing the received text or fuzzy images appear on the screen may be just enough to encourage the new operator to want to improve the antenna or excite them enough to start to study for an upgrade of a license. With help and encouragement, many more may continue in the hobby well beyond the initial rush of excitement. This has been Philip, VK3JNI. Around VK it is, and we'll be hearing from Alan VK4FABR on the Ipswich's birthday bash, their 50th anniversary. In VK1, the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club run regular foundation licence courses and upgrade assessments every two months at Mount Mugger Scout Hall. The next foundation course is scheduled for September 8 and 9. It is still possible to complete individual upgrade assessments with prior arrangements if you're unable to attend these scheduled times. If you know anybody that might be of interest in this, contact education at crarc.ampr.org. And in VK2, August 26, VK2 Blue Mountains Amateur Radio Club's Winterfest has been cancelled. So, August 26, VK2, Cancellation of the Blue Mountains Amateur Radio Club's Winterfest. As part of the Ipswich and District Radio Club's 50th year celebrations, the club has secured a special call sign, VI4WIP50. That's Victor India 4, Whiskey India Papa, 
1-800-150-150. Club members are currently putting together a roster to work the bands for the licence period from August 25 until September 8. While the club won't be on air 24-7 during the two weeks approved by ACMA, there will be plenty of opportunities to work this very special call sign. At this stage, weekends and some weeknights, the clubhouse will be open as members attempt to work as many stations as possible. So listen up for VI4WIP50 from August 25. Reporting from Ipswich, this is Alan, VK4FABR. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. What use is an F call? When you've been on air for many years, it's easy to forget what it's like for newcomers to the hobby. Take, for example, the simple QSL card. It's been around for a 100 years, and its use is simple to the initiated. But to a newbie like me, terms like QSL via the Bureau or QSL Direct are mysterious phrases with little meaning. I had the opportunity to listen to our local state QSL manager, Steve, VK6IR, who spent an enjoyable half hour walking through the notions of what a QSL card means, how it works, and how you participate. Now, I should preface this with any mistakes in this are mine alone. I'm hard of hearing, have a gummy leg, and my memory is fading, or some such disclaimer like that. So, in less than two minutes. A QSL card is like a postcard. It's sent between stations to acknowledge a contact. It generally contains your and their call sign, the time, mode and frequency on which you spoke, and a signal report. It's used as a proof of contact. You can send it to the other station direct by way of ordinary mail. Look up their call sign in any number of online databases and include a self-addressed envelope and two US dollars to pay for postage for return card. If all goes well, you should receive a reply. That's the direct method. Father Bureau is a coordinated effort between countries to group QSL cards together in batches. You send your cards in a box to your Bureau which receives similar boxes from around the country. The boxes are split up and grouped by country, and then when a box full is collected, it's forwarded to that country. At the other end, QSL cards are sorted per call area and call sign and forwarded on. It may take several months or even years for your cards to arrive. Electronic QSL services are becoming popular. But some DX competitions don't accept electronic QSL cards, so check before you make a thousand contacts for a particular award, only to find that your contacts don't count. There's more to learn where to get your cards, what they might look like, rare contacts and special routing, but that's a brief overview of the QSL system. One mystery down, a million more to go. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2 LAW. New Zealand Radio Spectrum 5-Year Outlook 2012 to 2016. The Ministry has released a draft Radio Spectrum 5-Year Outlook for the stakeholder feedback and comment. The outlook assesses the drivers for change in the sector over the next five years and how these changes might affect the management of the radio spectrum over this period. It also outlines some of the priority work items for the ministry resulting from these changes. The outlook is intended to allow the ministry to focus on its longer-term goals and the challenges to be faced in managing the radio spectrum, increase transparency about the ministry's thinking, and about how Spectrum users' licence fees are being expended. 
and improve stakeholder buy-into their future work program. It has been produced as a general non-technical document in order to better facilitate engagement with the full range of ZL stakeholders. Interested stakeholders will have until the 20th of September 2012 to submit their feedback. Any comment on the information in the document, as well as information on issues that may have not been considered in the draft document, would be appreciated. The intention is that the final document will represent a shared understanding of the Ministry's priorities and work program. European Union accepts EMC directive that protects hams. It appears as if ham radio operators in the European Union are safe from being treated as sources of massive radio interference. On July the 10th, the Internal Market and Consumer Protection Committee of the European Parliament voted on a new version of an electromagnetic compatibility directive containing an amendment fostered by Germany's Deutsche Amateur Radio Club and the Political Relations Committee of the International Amateur Radio Union to protect the rights of radio amateurs. The original draft amendment to the definition of an electromagnetic disturbance could in the worst case have led to the signal of an amateur station being treated as an annoyance or intrusion. The late Paul Lieb, KH6HME's beacon system, located at the 8,200 foot of Hawaii's Mauna Loa volcano in Hawaii, is welcomed by the site manager to continue to operate from that location. According to Don Mussel, the KH6HME beacons are located in the building that was formerly under the control of KGMB Television. Over the past few years, that site was taken over by Hawaii's public radio and put under Muscle's supervision. Muscle says that Hawaii public radio is happy to have the beacon located at the site and will leave the operation and maintenance to a ham radio club that also operates equipment inside the building. It'll be up to them to decide if the beacon operation will continue. Nanotechnology is in the news once again, this time as a way to store energy. Amateur Radio Newsline's Don Wilbanks, AE5DW, has more. With all the research on nanotechnology, perhaps we shouldn't be surprised that one of the latest involves coaxial cables on a nanoscale. The main interest in the nanocoaxial cable is as an energy storage device due to the very high capacitance between the inner and outer conductor. A study conducted at Rice University found that the capacitance of the nanocable is at least 10 times greater than would be predicted with classical electrostatics. The capacity of the new nanocable is up to 143 microfarads per centimeter squared. Study co-author Jun Liu notes that for energy storage, he can envision a large-scale energy storage device consisting of millions of tiny nanocables side-by-side in large areas. Liu also says that this cable might also be used as transmission line for radio frequency signals at the nanoscale. This could be useful as fundamental building blocks in micro- and nano-sized electromechanical systems like lab-on-a-chip devices. I'm Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. The RSGB has issued a statement expressing grave concern at the continuing headlong rush to legitimise high levels of emissions from PLT devices in contravention of the essential requirements of the EMC directive. You can read the full statement on the RSGB's website, click on update on uh, update on draft PLT standard PREN 50561-1. Irish Radio Transmitters Society Young Operators Shortwave Listeners 
An IRTS team of young operators, shortwave listeners, will represent Ireland at the Youngsters on the Air event to be held this week, 19th to the 26th of August in ECLO in Belgium. Radio-related events will be held during the week, including kit construction, ARDF, D-Expeditions, use of data modes, contesting, etc. Each country will give presentations on youth and amateur radio in their respective countries. Nine teams from different European member associations of IARU Region 1 will be participating. The following countries are participating. Romania, Slovenia, Sweden... Finland, Estonia, Ireland, Germany, Belgium and the Netherlands. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Aidan, Echo India 7, Julia Charlie. Weird and wonderful to wrap up the international news. Printable 13.560 MHz transmitters that cost a penny. The BBC have reported on radio transmitters for 13.560 MHz that cost just a penny and can be printed using electronic inks. The transmitters use near-field communication, NFC technology, and are seen as a replacement for quick-response codes that consists of black modules, square dots, arranged in a square pattern on a white background. Wiki says on 13.560 MHz NFC, most of the RF energy is concentrated in the allowed 14 kHz bandwidth range, but the full spectral envelope may be as wide as 1.8 MHz when using ASK modulation. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard through the Amateur Radio Victoria VK3BWI broadcast network each Sunday at 10.30am and 8pm. On the two metre repeaters VK3RMM and Mount Macedon and VK3RML Mount Daninong, plus the 80, 40 and 30 metre bands. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Operational news coupled with a little nostalgia this week. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. This weekend sees the International Lighthouse Lightship event. Alara next weekend, August 25 and 26. Then the Worldwide Oceania DX Contest SSB, October 6. Oceania DX Contest CW, October 13. VK Spring VHF UHF Field Day, November 24 and 25. Special Event Stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. Let's check in with Ed, VK2 ARE, for the latest from Campbell Island. Preparations for the HAR AOA ZL9HR de-expedition to Campbell Island in the Great Southern Ocean at IOTA OC037 are on schedule for the activation dates of November 28th to December 9th of this year. The team are delighted to announce a new sponsor in the Northern California DX Foundation. This is in addition to the other sponsors with Spider Beam sponsoring ZL9HR and supplying Spider Beam antennas and masts. 21 worldwide DX groups and the prestigious ARRL Colvin Foundation Award. Of course, we should not forget the 36 individuals who are also sponsoring the expedition, thanks to all of these. The containers to carry all required equipment are currently being prepared and loaded, ready to be shipped out of Sydney around the 15th of September. 
Please refer to the website ZuluLima9HotelRadio.com for the full, up-to-date information about this major de-expedition. 73s from Ed, VK2ARE, Australian Publicity Officer for ZL9HR. So keep tuned as we bring you the news as the Kimballs are a-coming. Newcomers to the wonderful world of amateur radio are often surprised at all the contests and awards the WIA administers on our behalf. Let's check in today with Bob VK3SX, the WIA Awards Manager. Hello, I'm Bob VK3SX, the WIA Awards Manager. I took up the position in April 2012. I was first licensed in 1979 as a novice operator and upgraded to full call in 1981. Over the past 33 years I've been chasing DX and going from the novice bands to the full call HF bands opened the DXing world to me. It was an exciting time during the 80s. Quickly I confirmed 250 DXCC countries with a new one regularly in the logbook. The 300 tally came along but after that the new one got tougher. At present I have worked and confirmed all current 340 DXCC countries. In short, I have worked and confirmed them all. 2012 has seen changes to the awards program, with it being run from our national headquarters. All inquiries should be directed there at awards at wia.org. A restructure of the awards committee has seen an important step forward as their collective experience in the DXing and contesting fields are world class. It's my privilege to have such people to rely on for decisions relating to our world-class awards program. Congratulations also to Laurie, VK7 Zulu Echo, being appointed the official ARRL card checker here in VK. 2013 will see changes to the structure of the awards program, making it easier for record-keeping and applicants, both new and existing, to apply and upgrade their current awards. Also introducing for the DXCC awards wall plaques for working and confirming 331 countries on a roll and 340 countries excellence status. And a 200 countries DX certificate and wall plaque will be made available for DXs who can work and confirm 200 DXCC countries in a 12 month period as set by the awards committee. A simple worked all states VK will be introduced to encourage activity locally in VK amongst FCOL and first-time award chasers. 73s and good DXing. This is Bob, VK3 Sugar X-Ray. Thanks, Bob, and we will be listening out for more from the WIA Awards team and upcoming broadcasts. Now our nostalgia piece, or as we like to call it, Rewind. From 6WF West Farmers to the ABC. A scrapbook kept by 6WF founding engineer, radio amateur Wally Coxon, VK6AG, XYK in 1914, was the basis for this video best found via abc.net. Perth science teacher turned history author and founder of the Light and Sound Discovery Centre, Richard Rennie, tells the story of how Perth's radio station 6WF became the ABC's first broadcasting outlet in Western Australia. Much of this is based on the scrapbook kept by the esteemed radio pioneer and 6WF founding engineer, Wally Coxon, VK6AG, first licensed as XYK in 1914. This tour coincided with the 80th anniversary of the ABC and the Wireless Hill centenary celebrations in 2012. Richard's presentation featured antique receivers from the Vintage Wireless and Gramophone Club, 
to illustrate the equipment available during the pioneering era radio in WA. The talk was given on the 18th of July 2012 at the monthly meeting of the Australian Museum of Moving Pictures and Television. The same presentation was made at a variety of venues as part of Richard's role as an educator, particularly using his skills to inspire young people and young teachers alike. And on behalf of all we young folk, till next time, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In New South Wales, it can be heard on various frequencies from 160 metres to 23 centimetres. From VK2WI, Dural, at 10am every Sunday. I'm Eric, VK2VE. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW. Contact a lighthouse this weekend. This is the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend when hundreds of radio amateurs go portable for the 15th running of this annual fun event. In Australia alone, there are more than 50 stations registered, along with those in 45 other countries. Most of them issue special QSL cards for the occasion, which seeks to promote the ancient structures to the general public, as well as give publicity to amateur radio as a modern recreation. Check out the website, illw.net, for more details. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Rescue Radio. Weiss and Victoria are involved in two events during the next quarter. If you're available to participate in any of these events, then please get in touch with the contact listed for the event. On Saturday, October the 20th, it's the Mini Canoe Marathon at Tuca, and on Sunday, October the 21st, the Stockman's Rally at Big River. Rally Victoria again is being held in the forest area north of Warrigal on Friday the 16th and Saturday the 17th of November. Rally Victoria is an Australian Rally Championship and Victorian Rally Championship event. On Friday there will be two bush stages and on Saturday five stages. Each stage will be run twice. As previously, Rally HQ will be at Landon Park. Event command is Chris VK3CJK. Communications will be required for logistics, safety and scoring with scoring and car tracking via 2 metre packet and other functions via 2 metre voice. Disaster Hits Manila, Radio Hams Help. The Philippine Amateur Radio Association activated the Ham Emergency Radio Operations, or HERO, with it passing essential traffic during the recent widespread flooding which saw 80% of Manila underwater. Claiming 66 lives earlier this month, it was triggered by monsoon rains on the main island of Luzon. The downpour peaked with a 48-hour deluge that battered Manila and surrounding regions. Eddie Valdez, DU1EV, Chief Operating Officer of Para, said that Hero was on the air from Monday night the 6th to through to Tuesday, August the 7th. It included one of the ham emergency radio operators who found himself affected by floodwaters and fleeing from his home after two days of operations. Eddie, DU1EV, said that the rain stopped and the floods receded, with garbage littering the roads, parks and drains in Manila and surrounding provinces. A big clean-up is underway. In the worst affected areas like Maracana City, the Metro Manila Development Authority would need a month to clean up and clear the drainage canals. Thanks to Jim, VK3PC, for that story. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, SOTA, Summits of the Air. 
two E zero EYP and M one EYP complete England. Father and son team of Tom M one EYP and Jimmy Reed two E zero EYP have completed England in the Summits of the Air program. Tom and Jimmy can now lay claim to having activated each of the 176 summits currently in the English Association, and six more that were previously valid. Tom, who has been activating in SOTA since 2002, needed to revisit many of the completed hills after his son Jimmy became licensed in 2005 and expressed his ambition to activate all the same hills as his dad. Since then, the duo have visited all hilly mountainous areas of England and have completed all the SOTA regions. Tom and Jimmy have also activated a further 104 summits in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland over the last seven years and retain ambitions to visit many more, including those in the Isle of Man. Well, that's it. That's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. That takes us to the end of WIA National News for another week on the social scene. August 25 in VK4 is 50 years of Ipswich, the amateur radio club dinner at the Ipswich Turf Club. August 26, the cancellation of Winterfest in the Blue Mountains. September 8 in VK4 is Sarkfest at Wombai, that's the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest. September 28 to 30 in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM at Camp Fairburn near Emerald. November 4 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Goodwood. The Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest takes place November 11 in VK3. Also in VK3, November 25, Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB and thanks for joining us. Walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.